seventh chapter, which was read in our hearing, and looking at that sixth verse, that sixth verse, that sixth verse, it says that that if it was works, it would not be grace at all. I, I, that gripped me. That gripped me, and that's what I came up with. Said, if it was not for His grace. Uh, many of us can fill in that blank. Am I right about it? <laughs> if it was not for his grace, I'll be sleeping in my grave. If it was not for his grace, I still might be hooked up in the wrong situation. If it was not for his grace, I might be still in, uh, addicted to whatever I'm addicted to. If it was not for his grace, I may have never made it out of my college years. If it was not for his grace, I may never have found me a job. If it was not for his grace, I would not be able to raise my children. If you look at it, because what I'm trying to point out that we don't deserve what we get. But our God is rich in grace. Looking at this text, it opens up saying that has God rejected his own people? Looking at this, looking at the audience that's receiving this, is, is showing us that, that, that John 3.16, y'all, you familiar with John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. There's another verse there right afterward that says this, that he did not come to condemn the, or to judge the world, but he, he came so that the world might be saved. And if you look closely, it says that you might be saved, saying that is up to you. It's the whosoever. So God has not rejected his people, but the people have rejected God. Jesus, Jesus, when that, that for, for God's love, he gave his only begotten son. So from those who do not know his name, help your neighbor, I tell him his name is Jesus. And, and, and this young baby boy that was born of the Virgin Mary who received the given name Jesus and, and, and means that the Lord saved, grew up teaching about the coming of the kingdom. It says in Mark, he began his ministries telling them to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. But if you look closely, that you see a lot of people heard him, but a lot of people rejected him. And because of their rejection, he went to those who were hear him. And because of their rejection, it, it opened up for our acceptance. Let me help somebody out. Uh, have you ever been rejected by somebody? And then you moved on and went to with somebody else? And you was happy you was with that person that accepted you, and you looked at the other person that rejected you, you said, I'm better off without you. Amen. Have you realized that sometimes we were in a relationship, and that person never appreciated you? And then so you break up with them, you reject them, and you get with somebody that appreciates you? And you realize, because you showed me what I don't need, I found out what I need. Am I talking to somebody? It's amazing that through the rejections of others, we can find what is of treasure somewhere else. And we see here, the Jews rejected Christ, but yet we found a treasure. Am I talking to somebody? (laughs) 
He, he, said, he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. See, the Jews thought as long as I do the work, and the work they were referring to in the Old Testament was the law, as long as I, I to summarize the Ten Commandments, as long as I keep God first, I have no graven images, I don't I commit adultery, I don't steal, I don't blaspheme, I don't bear a false witness, uh, I, I keep the Sabbath. It says, as long as I do that, I, I'm doing all right. But God says that's not good enough. Help me, I'll tell your neighbor, good enough is not good enough. Because the situation he's pointing out that though you may be working, it won't make you right. It, it's not going to be good enough. It's not a good enough just for you to wake up and go to church every Sunday and then go out and get drunk every weekend. That's not good enough. It's not good enough to say, Lord, I, I serve you and you are holy, but I got an unholy tongue. It's just not good enough. It's not good enough to say, Lord, I love spreading your gospel, but you also love spreading gossip. It's just not good enough. We cannot serve both. You either love one, you hate the other. It's up to us to say, Lord, for you I live and for you I die. It's up to us to realize that, God, my good enough is not good enough. So Jesus stepped in to pay my debt that I owe because my works were not good enough. Somebody had to pay the debt because I can follow all the laws but still go to hell. Because Jesus says, I come so that you might have life and have life how? More abundantly. Abundantly, I, I, I'm going to stick a footnote right there real quick about this abundant living aspect. That, that the abundant living that we're going to have does not necessarily mean you're going to see it here on this temporary earth. You heard me say temporary. I, I, I don't know about you, but when you go to a hotel, you're there temporary. Uh, you, don't, you don't subscribe to a cable. You don't sign up for a new phone number. Am I talking to somebody? You, you don't go out, buy new furniture, and redecorate. you there temporary, so you're not putting investment in something you're going to leave. Hello. If somebody misses it, tell your neighbor, this is not your home. And so the life that he wants to give is eternal life. And that life means there'll be no more pain, there'll be no more suffering. And, and cast this, cast this, I don't have to worry about furnishing my room. Because he gave me a promise. He gave me a promise. Uh, if he gave it to me, guess what? He gave it to you. And he says, in my father's house are, are many rooms, many mansions. And he says, I go to prepare. Don't the hotel prepare a room for you when you check in? They get it ready for you. If you're a superstar, they put fruit baskets in there and, and make sure everything's all nice and you got all kinds of stuff. But I want to let you know, to tell your neighbor that in God's eyes, I'm a superstar. So when I get up into heaven, I'm going to walk in. I'm going to see all kind of good stuff because he prepared a place for me. And I, I, I'm getting excited. I'm talking for me, but I'm telling you, if he did it for me, he did it for you too. But I don't deserve it. I didn't earn it. But it was his grace. And so when you look at this aspect that because of his grace, the Israelites could not grasp onto that. How can something be free? How can salvation be free? I've been following these laws. I've been doing all these things. But God is letting them know that if it's works that save you, then it would not be grace. For if it was not for his grace. And when you look at this aspect, look at it how I like how he says, he says, uh, uh, of course not. I myself am an Israelite. 
a descendant of Abraham and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. He says, God has not forsaken his people because I'm one of them. I am one of them. Going back, remember we talked about how we all are seized or descendants of Abraham? Little kids learned the song, and, and, and I learned it in, in Sunday school myself, in vacation Bible school. Father Abraham had many sons. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord right here. Turn around, sit down. You know, we did that, and we're pointing out a truth that says that Father Abraham had many sons, and I am one of them, and so are you. Now, catch this. I am not a direct descendant in the lineage as Paul. Paul says, I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. I'm from the tribe of Durham, for all I know. But he says, I'm from the tribe of Benjamin, one of the many 12 sons of, of Israel, of Jacob. And he is a son of, of, of Isaac. Jacob is. And Isaac is a son of Abraham. So I go back to my lineage up to the sea. And then what did David says? I was young and, and now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous for the sake of your, nor your seed, nor your descendants begging for bread. It was not because they deserved it, but it was because of God's grace. And so he's pointing out that God has always been looking out for his people. Even when there's a, 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 thank you, Holy Ghost, even when there's a group that's against him, God has always been able to find someone that he can show his favor to. We live in a world now, um, the population is about six billion. Uh, imagine. Maybe the population is not as large, but go back to Genesis 6 chapter. God's going to destroy the whole world, but out of the whole world, he found one man. One man that he was going to show his mercy on. One man he was going to show his grace on. One man. Y'all, can, y'all, can y'all imagine that? But look at it. Look at it. He had a remnant. <laughs> he always has somebody that he can show his grace that's been faithful. And he says, I will honor you. I will bless you. I will keep you. Though, though, though the enemies may be all around you, but I will be a strong tower. I will be your rock. I will be your refuge. Psalm 127, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I'm so glad that he is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid of? Though my enemies camp around me, they stumble and they fall. I just had to say the whole verse real quick because I just love that part. That if God is with me, who can be against us? So Paul is pointing out that though there may be those who rejected him that have left him, but yet there's still a few. He used an example of Elijah. He said Elijah, Elijah was, was downtrodden, beaten down, but God reminded him. God gave him, I like how this says, a divine revelation. It said a divine response. It wasn't just a response. It was a divine response. It means is that God let you know that what I'm telling you is true and holy and pure and wonderful, that this is a truth that you can hold on to, that I have 7,000. They have not bowed down to Baal. He told that Elijah, said, look here, Elijah, you looking beat up. You looking beat down about this little woman named Jezebel. You running from her. But didn't you not just earlier? This is Sam's interpretation. Put it this. You won't find it in the Bible. But did you not earlier just call fire down? <laughs> didn't you not just make it stop raining and make it rain? And now you running from her? God just told him, man, I have a remnant. I have some who have never bowed down before Baal. We may be looking in the same world and, and look how, how, how messed up our world is. And, and we might be, found, be feel, feel defeated, feel downtrodden, maybe feel even depressed. But yet we can look back to his word and be reminded, but even God still has a remnant. The, the man will be alive, but God will remain true. 
Man will forever lie, steal, kill, and do whatever they can. But God said, I've come and give life more abundantly. So whenever somebody's speaking death and speaking enemies and lies are coming upon, all you got to do is point back to his word and look into his word and say, Lord, no, your truth is true. You're, you speak life, almighty God. And so if you are, if you did that then, guess what he can do it when? Right now. Because look at verse 5. It, says, it is the same today, for there are a few of the people of Israel have remained faithful because of God's grace. His undeserved kindness and choosing them. Because of God's grace's choice, that's what keeps us. We talked earlier how God chose us. He called us out himself. Jesus told it to his disciples that I chose you. You did not choose me. I'm, I'm glad that he chose us. We, when you look at it, God says that his desire is that man should not perish but come to Repentance. Repentance is, is a word that we need to have in our daily vocabulary. And, he, and, 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 and it not just be a word, but it be a way of our living. A daily, Lord, I am having a heart turned towards you and away from sin. Daily, Lord, my eyes are want to be on what will glorify you and magnify you and away from what disgusts you. Daily, Lord, I want to turn my mouth to sing praises and hymns unto you and not give in to cursing and gossiping and blaspheming and slandering other people. And it's a daily desire to do that because we realize that, God, it's because of your grace. It's not because I deserve anything, because anything I do deserve is death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, the grace of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And when you look at it, go back to 323, so all is sin. And for the sort of the glory of God. I, I want us to grasp is that his grace on chosen upon us means this, that he deserved to give us what we work for. <laughs> we worked hard for sin. Sin was our master. Sin guided our direction. And you look in, in I believe it's in Titus third chapter, said all of us at one time went astray. <laughs> All of us was giving into a, 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 a diverse lust and, and temptations, but by the grace of God, who poured out, he gave up his son for the wash and renewal. We realized that I, I was lost, leaving to go to hell, but God sent out his son. If you don't want to go back there, if he's still in Romans, let's go back to the fifth chapter, and it says, while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, do you grasp in here that while we were enemies of God, he decided to make us friends of God? Many of us have enemies to this day that we won't ever call as a friend. But they have done less to us than what we have done to God. But yet God has said, I can look past your faults. I can look past of your rebelliousness. I can look past your desire to live a wicked life because I see that I want to glorify and magnify you through my son, Jesus Christ. So if you just have the faith to believe in him, then you receive this wonderful, wonderful gift. The problem is that many of us have, have lived the life but yet we have become desensitized because we have given in to the world. We have allowed the world to make it hard for us to proclaim this truth because we've seen people not changing. We see, we, I, I, I don't know about you, but some days that it doesn't even bother me. When I turn on the news, I see somebody murdered. And every once in a while you see that one, then I break down, like, oh, God, how can it be so bad? But we live in a world that we see it so much that it's easy just to tune it out. 
just to tune it out, but yet we have to be, we have to be, uh, uh, we have to sense, sense, uh, make our hearts more sensitive by staying in his word and saying, Lord, I'm praying for these families. That we stop seeing mothers killing children, children killing mothers and, and fathers and fathers killing both wife and child at the same time. That we stop seeing this sin. Don't have to no longer bury a baby because they got a bullet in the head while sleeping. We don't need to see that anymore. I believe that God can change these men, these women, because I know he's changed me. And, the, and, the, and if we take that as our testimony, we can go tell somebody else that, like, his grace is this good. For you and I, we should both be dead in our graves. We both should be absent, but yet our Lord has given us grace, has shown his mercy by allowing us a time to have a time of repentance. Tell your neighbor, help me, preacher. Telling your neighbor, grace should lead you to repentance. Tell, tell your other neighbor, case case, tell him, grace should lead you into repentance. Because what God's grace is doing is giving us time to get it right. I'm going to leave you all alone. I'm going to leave this last choice right here. If we could do it on our own, it would not be grace. But God says, I'm giving you time. Look, look at how Paul closes out this wonderful, wonderful chapter in the 11th. If you look at it, starting at verse 28, many of the people of Israel are now enemies of the good news, and this benefits, and this benefits you Gentiles. Yet they are still the people he loves because he chose their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For God's gift and his call can never be withdrawn. Once you Gentiles were rebels against God, but when the people of Israel rebelled against him, God was merciful to you instead. Thank you, Lord. Now they are the rebels, and God's mercy has come to you, so they too will share in God's mercy. For God has imprisoned everyone in disobedience so he could have mercy on everyone. Thank you, Lord. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decision and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. And the church said, Amen. I want to close for us to grasp his grace aspect. He says, if previous before that, he broke off branches off of the tree to put on other branches. And now that we have been grafted on, we have been added on. Cassius, when you graft something on, and in this time, that according to the, the uh, illustrated uh, uh, Bible I was looking at, it says that they will, they will take it and make clay out of mud and tie the, the graft branches together into the bark so that it will become one with the tree. What that showed me was this, that God wants me to grow in him. Mm. He no longer wants me to be by myself, but he wants me to get his nutrition. 
Because if I'm not attracted to the source, I'm going to wither and die. But he says, no, I will bring you into the fold. I will bind you to me and you will be bound unto me and will be one. But now the problem that he wants to hijack, he highlights to them in this, that some of us get so up uppity because of how we've been blessed by God that we looked at those who've been cast off. But he said, reminded that you are only in because of them. He broke off the unbelief and brought you in by faith. So it's only faith that's what contained you, not because you're good. But it was his grace that he chose to pick you up, turn you around, place your feet on solid ground, that he brought you into the true vine. Jesus, I am the true vine and ye are the branches. I'm so glad. That he brought me into the fold and bound me together so I can be one with him. And then it goes on to say this, that, that we need to realize who he is. And so if I've been grafted into him because of his grace, realize that I did not work for it, nor do I deserve it. And because those who rejected, I have been accepted. How much more do I need to tell somebody else about this freedom of this salvation? Because when you look at God's sovereign choice, who can give him wisdom? Who can give him counsel? Nobody. We, we too, when you look at it, we too were once enemies to God, but God now brought us into the fold. Y'all see that? So how much more do we need to go out to this dying world and tell somebody else that, yes, I see that you're, you're at odds with God and God's at odds with you, but yet he loves you. And he, he's willing to forgive you of all your sins and bring you into his fold. It says that God was merciful to you instead. Isn't that awesome? How great is his mercy towards us. So we can come and realize that he's taken away the sins of the world. Do you grasp how it comes into place? Verse 35, it says, and who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? God has given us everything. And we cannot pay him back. But yet we have given God nothing. And so he does not owe us anything. But because he loves us. But because he loves us. He's given us everything. You were broken, dried up branch, laying on the ground, left to be dead. But his grace, he decided to choose you. And puts you to the branch, his choice tree, his chosen tree, so that you can have fruit in your life. And now you have fruit in your life and you're going to get the audacity to say, look how good I am. You want to brag because of my hard work, because of my sweat, I'm successful, I'm rich, I have a good life because I'm smart with my money, I got a good education, I got a good job, I have a fancy car. Can I help somebody out and let you know that that same day you got that car, you can lose it? That same day you got that job, you can lose it. That same day you got that money, you can lose it. But there's something that God has given you that can never be taken away, and that's salvation. So don't get caught up with the craziness of this world, but start living under his grace, under his free gifts. The saying goes how, how I say when people give me stuff and it says it's all I have, and I'm, when I'm hungry, I say beggars can't be choosers. I'm hungry, so this is what you got. I'm eating it. And yet 
what they gave me was a gift. But I've seen people get gifts and they tell you how they want you to give them a gift. Now, I don't like it like that. Do it like this. Man, get up out of my kitchen. Don't tell me what to do and I'm trying to do you a favor. And then we do God the same way. God gave you this house. No, I want a bigger house. God gave you this child. No, I want the other child. God gave you a job. No, I want a better job. God gave you the looks. You're not satisfied. No, I want to look like so-and-so on TV. Then because we want what everybody else has, we reject what he has given us. If it was not for his grace, his free gifts. So daily I need to tell him thank you for he's been good to me. Better to me than I've been to myself. Even when I have not thanked him, he still blessed me. Even when I didn't have a mind for him, he still loved me. How do I know this? Because he died for me. But I'm glad he did not stay in the grave. He got up from the grave on the third day with all power in his hand. And now he has all authority sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding on my behalf, saying, Lord, look out for sin, because that boy ain't got no sense. Have mercy on him one more time. God, give me another day. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm trying to do better, oh God, than I did yesterday. And the Lord says, thank you, my son. Keep on living. And I'm still operating under his grace, minute by minute, second by second. Is that your life too? Only by his grace we'll make it. Because good enough is not good enough. My work, my labor won't pay his debt. But Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin left a crimson stain. But he washed me white as snow. Let us turn to our God for prayer. There might be someone here that wants to draw closer to the God. You're welcome to come to the altar. How you feel welcome. Come. Those who may be looking for a church home, we ask you to come on forward as our minister deacons are come forward. There might be someone that just wants prayer. There's someone that said, Lord, I've not trusted you enough in your grace. We just welcome you here in this place and we come time for prayer. Come as you